Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be going in-depth into my top 36 running back rankings and tiers for week number 11 of the 2023 fantasy football season. But before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure they do leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. So without further ado, let's get into my week 11 top 36 running back rankings and tiers for the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with the S tier at the running back position at number one with CMC Christian McCaffrey of the San Francisco 49ers going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home in San Francisco this week. Now last week was the first time in forever like that song by Elsa where Christian McCaffrey did not score a touchdown up against the Jaguars. He currently has 13 touchdowns on the season and that touchdown streak dated all the way back to last season. Now despite the fact that he didn't find pay dirt. He was still the running back six on the week and has been a top six running back in three straight weeks. Christian McCaffrey to me is still the best running back in the NFL. He's on one of the best offenses in the NFL and week in and week out I expect nothing shy of greatness out of Christian McCaffrey. At number two we have Austin Eckler, Mr. Clean of the LA Chargers going up against the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay. Now just like with Christian McCaffrey, Eckler has been a top six running back in three straight weeks in PPR. This week going up against the Packers defense that sure is pretty fine up against the pass but up against the run this is a defense that struggles in a huge way and I think Austin Eckler is going to put him in a chokehold going to put him in suplex city this week I think that Austin Eckler is one of two key pieces in this Chargers offense and I think they are going to look to utilize him heavily in this matchup up against the Packers again McCaffrey Eckler these are guys that are ranked inside the top five basically every single week regardless of the matchup and here the matchup for Eckler is amazing at number three to close out the S tier we have Travis Etienne it is ass Etienne season baby going up against the Tennessee Titans at home in Jacksonville now the Titans defense earlier on in the season was incredibly good up against the run recently they've been a little bit so-so kind of hit or miss week in and week out now the Jaguars were straight up missed last week up against the 49ers it was like they didn't even show up Etienne was the running back 39 and he he has yet to fall outside of the top 24 at the running back position, dating all the way back to week two. That was the last time he did it. So, shitting the bed in that colossal of a way was shocking, but the whole team shit the bed there, so I won't worry too much about ETN. I think he hops back on the saddle like his name was Arthur Morgan this week. Moving now to the A tier at running back at number four, we have my boy Devin Two Chains, Devin A Chain of the Miami Dolphins going up against the Las Vegas Raiders at home in Miami. Now, Devin A Chain has been out after week five. He played that game against the Giants, and ever since then, the man's has not played well now he was limited in practice on Wednesday with that knee injury but I will tell you right now this man suits up up against the Raiders he is almost damn near guaranteed to be a top five running back he is going to put that Raiders defense in a spin cycle they will have zero answer to the speed that Devin A. Chain 
Chain possesses. Now, this is a situation that you wanted to monitor with A Chain due to his injury. If he's not practicing in a full fashion on Friday and maybe he suits up in a limited fashion on Sunday, then you're going to have to drop him down the rankings like it's hot. But as of right now, assuming he's going to be good to go, the upside, the ceiling is the moon. At number five, we got Brees Hall of the New York Jumbo Jets going up against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. Last time these two teams went toe to toe in week one, Brees Hall was limited. He was on a snap count, and still, he had 10 rushes for 127 rushing yards and 20 receiving yards. This time, up against the Buffalo Bills, there is no snap restriction. Now, he is still restricted by the fact that Zach Wilson sucks absolute donkey cock, but at the end of the day, this is a Buffalo Bills team that is broken. This is a Bills defense that is soft as baby shit against the run, and I think Brees Hall is going to expose that. At number 6 and 7, we have David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs of the Detroit Lions going up against the Chicago Bears. At home in Detroit. Now, last week, we saw Montgomery finish as the RB12 up against the Chargers in LA, having over 110 rushing yards and a score. Mr. Jameer Gibbs had 14 rushes for 77 yards, five targets, three receptions, 35 receiving yards, and two total touchdowns. To me, I am just going to, at this point, rank both of these guys together. I don't think that either of them are really going to clearly take a huge leap over one another, meaning like I don't think Montgomery is going to get 28 carries this week and Gibbs gets two, right? I still think Gibbs is going to see more of the targets. Montgomery is going to see more of the rushes. And these are two guys that can coexist. This is an excellent electrifying offense in Detroit. And they get a very nice matchup up against the Bears this week. At number eight, we have Josh Jacobs of the Las Vegas Raiders going up against the Dolphins in Miami. Now, a bit of a down game for Jacobs last week as the RB21. Can you do something for me? But he still had over 25 carries. He had over 100 rushing yards, 11 receiving yards. So the fact that he didn't find the end zone on 27 carries, nothing really to worry about here. The Dolphins defense isn't the best up against the run. And while I hope that the Dolphins are able to fully shut down the Raiders offense you know at the end of the game if things are getting bad here Tua drops a deuce on the defense of the Raiders with his new cornrows that he's rocking right now Big Goose is dripping like that I still think Jacobs will find a way find a path into the top 10 at number 9 we have Raheem the wet dream Mostert of the Dolphins going up against the Raiders now I drew do truly believe that with Devin A. Chain back that this is going to fully unlock Raheem Mostert because Mostert works best when it's a one-two punch scenario. The one-two punch doesn't hit as hard with Salvin Ahmed. Now, Raheem Mostert would be throwing a fucking haymaker, and then Salvin Ahmed would poke the defense, right? So it's not really a thunder and lightning one-two punch, whereas Raheem Mostert and Devin A-Chain are. Now, Mostert is currently questionable as well, limited in practice on Wednesday with an ankle-knee injury, but it seems like Raheem Mostert's limited like every single week by Wednesday, and then magically he starts and he just looks perfectly normal. Coming out the bye week up against a putrid Raiders run defense, I expect a whole lot from both of these Dolphins running backs. At number 10, we have DeAndre Swift of the Eagles going up against the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. Now, DeAndre Swift has been in a little bit of a slump recently, running back 25, 15, and 23 in PPR over the last three games. On paper, this matchup isn't the best up against the run, but we did see the Dolphins kind of expose the Chiefs' defense in terms of the rushing attack. Now, the Dolphins didn't end up 
finishing the game rushing in Germany, which they should have instead of trying to throw the ball. But I digress. DeAndre Swift here is one of the more reliable running backs in fantasy. He is behind one of the best O-lines in the NFL and on one of the best offenses. I know the matchup against the Chiefs might make some people's pussy quiver, but at the end of the day, I'm not worried at all. I got DeAndre Swift as a top and back. All the guys in the S tier, the A tier, they're all must starts. Now we move to the B tier. These are all guys you're probably starting as well, but my confidence starts to dip a little bit. Now, Kenneth Walker continues to get outsnapped by Zach Charbonnet over the last couple of weeks. But last week, the fact that he was outsnapped didn't really matter because he had 63 rushing yards, 19 rushes. He had 64 receiving yards, and he scored a touchdown in that game, finishing as a top 10 back. Now, to me, the days of Kenneth Walker getting potentially 70% of the snaps are now gone. Now, is Walker talented enough to not get all the snaps and still succeed? Of course. But obviously, it is damning when you try to argue the floor of Walker because I think the floor at this point is significantly lower. The floor is lava for Kenneth Walker. The matchup against the Rams is mighty fine this week. And I think Walker finishes inside the top 14 at the running back. Pretty easily, if I'm being honest. At number 12, we have B-Rob, Brian Robinson of the Washington Commanders going up against the G-Men at home in Washington. Running back one last week. Now, normally, Brian Robinson is a guy that is dominating in the trenches, 50 Shades of Grey style, right? He's not a guy that catches a bunch of passes. But last week, six targets, six receptions, 119 receiving yards, and a touchdown. Normally, Antonio Gibson is doing that. Now, Gibson still caught a bunch of passes last week. But if Robinson becomes a guy that sees maybe four plus targets every single week that bakes a lot more safety into Brian Robinson he has an amazing matchup this week up against the Giants I don't think he's going to repeat as the running back one but definitely inside of the top 14 at number 13 we got Saquon Barkley going up against the commanders in Washington now Saquon was a big fat bust last week up against the Dallas Cowboys it felt like if you started Saquon Barkley you were JPP trying to light a firework because it was was a disaster. It was bad for Barkley. But this week, he gets a much softer defense. Now I get the Giants offense under Tommy DeVito is fucking awful. It's putrid. You can smell it through the screen. It reeks. But at least they can hand the ball off here. At least they're not going to be getting absolutely shellacked to where they can't run the ball. This is a one-man army of a Giants offense. And the commander is Saquon Barkley up against the Commanders. At number 14, we got Joe Mixon of the Bengals going up against the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. Joe Mixon recently coming out the bye week has been a lot better, and that's because the Bengals offense as a whole has been flowing in a much better state. Now, earlier on in the season, when Joe Burrow was looking not so hot, when he was banged up, and the offense just couldn't get things going, Mixon was struggling. This is a guy that relies heavily on the offense to at least be somewhat decent in the game for him to run well. Now, up against the Ravens' pass defense is very tough. Up against the run, they are not as tough. So, I think Mixon should be fine this week. Now, in better matchups, I'd probably rank him even higher, potentially in the A tier. Last week, he was the running back 22 against the Texans. I think not having T. He Higgins does hurt this offense enough to not get him as many goal line opportunities. Now, Mixon has scored a touchdown in three straight weeks, and I think he could score yet again here. So I think the B tier is a pretty fair range for the boy. Moving now to the C tier, beginning with running back 15, Tony 
Pollard. Now, Tony Pollard's initials are very significant, TP, because I want to wipe my ass with this guy. Running back 42, 27, 41. This wise guy hasn't done anything. He gets the wet dream matchups, and he does nothing. He can't score on the goal line. This motherfucker, this Gavone, hasn't scored since week one. Since week one, it's week fucking 11. Figure it out. You got the Panthers defense. Figure it out, man. Figure it out. Now, again, you're still probably stuck playing him, but I moved him down the rankings because if I'm being completely honest with you, I'm tired of it. At number 16, we got A.A. Ron Jones of the Green Bay Packers going up against the L.A. Chargers. He's listed as questionable, but I think he should be good to go on Sunday. Great matchup for him up against the Chargers defense that just got Eiffel Towered by Jameer Gibbs as well as David Montgomery last week. Now, Aaron Jones has been given a majority of the workload back to him. He's seen six or more targets in back-to-back weeks and over 13 carries in both of those games. Now, last week was a bit of a doozy for Aaron Jones, but I do expect this to be a bounce back spot up against the LA Chargers but at this point the reason why he's not in the B tier is because he is kind of at the mercy of Jordan love me tender love me sweet and the guy has been turning the ball over like his name was Josh Allen at number 17 we got Javante Williams of the Broncos going up against the cold like Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota back-to-back games inside the top 10 for Javante Williams but I feel like that streak is going to burst this week now I don't think he's gonna go falling off the edge of the earth right I don't think Javante Williams is gonna crash and burn and go from a top 10 finish in back-to-back weeks to like the running back 30 I just think running back 17 18 19 20 like this kind of range running back 15 to 20 is very fair for Javante Williams the Vikings defense has looked harder 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 every single week so I don't want to just go ahead and blindly follow what happened the last two weeks now he's gotten over 20 carries in both games and if he does so yet again even up against a tougher Vikings run D I think he should finish in this range I feel like Javante out of all the guys we've talked about Pollard Jones Javante might be the safest asset out of all of them at number 18 we got Tractor Cedo Derrick Henry going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville well now we do know that Derrick Henry loves feasting on the teams in the division like the Jacksonville Jaguars but there are reasons to worry about Derrick Henry and we talked about Derrick Henry all season and the sentiment has continued to stay the same if the Titans are able to stay in a game like EA Sports then Derrick Henry is able to get the carries that he needs if the game script gets flipped on his head if they go down bad like they did against the Buccaneers and they're kind of crawling back all game then we don't get as much Derrick Henry which results in a colossal dumpster fire of a game like last week where he only scores three points now i know the jaguars just look terrible against the 49ers but the titans aren't the 49ers so if this game goes wrong henry can bust in a big way right like he's held it all in for months but man oh man oh man the upside is so high that i can't just plummet him down the rankings 
But again, at some point, we have to understand that he's a little bit more risky than he used to be. At number 19, we got James Conner of the Arizona Cardinals going up against the Houston Texans in Houston. But before we talk about James Conner, as well as my rest of my top 36 running back rankings and tiers, I would like to ask if you guys are new to the channel, then make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. Whether you are new to the channel or not, make sure to leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. But most importantly, I would like to give you guys a quick word from our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick'em in the whole entire universe. And Underdog has a great offer for you guys today that we'll be talking about in just a couple of seconds. But first, I want to explain how Underdog's Pick'em game works. Now, I am recording today's video after Monday Night Football. It's early Tuesday morning. It's like 1 a.m. So not all of the Pick'em picks are are out yet. But for right now, we got the Bengals versus the Ravens in Baltimore on Thursday Night Football. For this game, we're going to have to go ahead and pick a minimum of two players from at least two different teams. So we're going to go with one player from the Bengals, one from the Ravens. We're going to go with Joe Burrow, higher than half an interception. And we're going to go with Lamar Jackson, higher than half an interception. I think the defenses are going to get at least one pick each in this game. And I think that is how this game is going to play out. It's going to be a close, gritty game between two AFC North rivalry teams. So if both of those picks hit, if Joe Burrow and Lamar both throw an interception, then we'll get three times our entry fee. If you do three picks, it is six times, four picks is 10 times, and five picks is 20 times your entry fee. Now, if you're new to Underdog Fantasy and live in one of these states on your screen right now, if you use promo code NOTORIOUS or click on the link in the video description, you will receive a first match deposit bonus of up to $100. If you deposit $100, they give an additional $100. 50 additional 50, 25 additional 25. The minimum deposit on our dog fantasy is $10. If you have a gambling problem, please make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things here, I was very pleased with how James Conner looked after coming off the IR. He definitely looked a lot like himself, and same thing could be said about their quarterback, Kyler Murray, who looked like he just never left. James Conner had 16 carries against the Falcons for 73 yards, obviously nothing to write home about there, but it showed me that, hey, this is still a guy that can average over 5 yards per carry. He's averaging 5.2 yards per carry on the season. Now, he hasn't played a shit ton of games. He's only played in 6 games this season. But now that he's healthy up against the Texans defense, I think this is a fair spot to put him. I don't think we're greatly just kind of blindly following the Cardinals offense and how well they did last week in Atlanta, but we're also not shitting on James Conner for a pretty so-so performance last week. I think he could easily find the end zone this week, and James Conner kind of just feels like he belongs in this range with these other running backs. At number 20, we got Isaiah Pacheco. Now, the Eagles' defense up against the run has been pretty solid this season. The front seven is heavily fortified. The secondary, kind of so-so. Now, Isaiah Pacheco, another guy that's really just been in a slump. Running back 34 in Germany, Guten Tag against the Dolphins the week prior against the Broncos. Running back 39. These were both games prior to the bye that they had in week 10. So, coming out the bye, I feel like Pacheco is going to have a little bit more juice. Pacheco is a guy that we always joke about how he runs like he just hates the ground that he's running on. He's fucking stomping around like he wants to murder the earth. It's hilarious. He is a talented player. Now, is he ever going to get 10 targets a game? Fuck no, baby. But if he gets 16 plus carries, he could easily find the pay, uh, the end zone, pay dirt, like he did in the Super Bowl up against the Eagles 
last year. Expert consensus rankings got him as the running back 23 on Fantasy Pros. I got him a little bit higher at the running back 20, moving to the D tier. Running back 21, can you do something for me? Jerome Ford, F-150 of the Browns going up against the Steelers. Now, I did have to drop Jerome Ford down a little bit from my initial run of rankings because Watson is out and DTR is in as the starting quarterback. Up against the Steelers' defense, this is a recipe for disaster. Now, the Steelers' offense isn't some world beaters. So this could be a game that is, you know, fought in the trenches. This could be a game that is a very run-heavy affair. 17 or more carries in back-to-back games for Jerome Ford. Now, Kareem Hunt's been the guy finding the end zone in a bunch of games in a row that we're going to be talking about when we talk about Kareem Hunt, but Ford got over 100 rushing yards last week against a pretty solid Ravens defense. So, again, the Ravens defense is not as good against the run, but you get my point. The Steelers defense pretty all right against the run as well. So, Ford, there's a lot more to worry about now without Deshaun Watson, but this feels like a situation where they might just heavily lean on the crutch of Jerome Ford, like give him like 25 carries. Because again, it's not like Kenny Pickett's going to bend the Cleveland Browns defense over the table, giving them some back shots, which would feel amazing, right? I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think it's going to be like a close game, even though it's like, it's like bringing a water gun to a fight, right? It's just two guys shooting each other with fucking water guns. At number 22, we got James Let Him Cook of the Bills going up against the Jets. James Cook put up a highlight run where he ran the ball, fumbled the ball, and it just bounced back into his hand. It was like he was dribbling a goddamn basketball. It was like he was LeBron James out there. Now, the Jets' defense against the run is mighty tough. Rock hard like your cock in the morning. So I worry here a little bit about James Cook, especially with the fumbling issues that were present last week. And maybe they just end up benching him, which is a worry. Now, if the Bills had half of a brain cell after firing Ken Dorsey, they would just run the ball, right? They'd be like, okay, this offense runs best, play action. You know, let's just run the rock a bunch. That's what they should do. Now, will they actually do that? Probably not. But. If they do, James Cook should be a pretty safe asset. At number 23, we got Gus Edwards. Now, Gus Edwards is, for me, a very easy player to talk about, but it's confusing because the expert consensus rankings got him buried at running back 28. I got him at running back 23. Shout out Michael Jordan. Now, the reason why I think a lot of the experts are burying him is because the fact that he hasn't been seeing a shit ton of touches. But every single week for the last four weeks, he has scored at least one touchdown. The Bengals' defense against the run is not very good. And while Gus Edwards, I don't think, is going to rush for over 100 yards here, catch a couple balls for 50 yards, I think he's going to score. And as long as he scores, he'll probably finish as at least a top 24 back. And number 24, we got Rashad with two A's white going up against the San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco. Four straight weeks for White inside the top 12 at the running back position. And I kind of overshot White a bit of an apology. Now he is still as inefficient as I thought he would be inefficient, I guess, 3.3 yards per carry, but he makes up with it with the receptions as well as the touchdowns. Now the touchdowns are going to be hard to come by up against the 49ers defense, but I think this could be a game where we see Baker check down the ball at a little bit higher of a rate. Maybe he can get six or seven targets, which we've seen in week seven and week eight. So the defensive matchup here is tough, 
but I think he will see enough sheer volume to be able to overcome it. But again, I don't think he's going to finish inside the top 12. So I think running back 24 is fair. Moving into the E tier here, running back 25, we got Devin Singletary. Doesn't seem like Damian Pierce is going to be back yet again. Now going up against the Arizona Cardinals run defense is like when you wake up on Christmas for a running back, right? It's just like a beautiful sight to behold as a kid. You go upstairs, Santa's brought all the presents, you're excited, man. Santa read your fucking note, he ate your cookie, he drank the milk, it's beautiful, right? You remember that as a kid? You know, not everyone obviously had Christmases like that, but I, I hope you understand what, I, what I'm kind of meaning here. So, yeah, this is a wet dream matchup for Singletary. The thing is, that while Devin Singletary... Looked like prime Adrian Peterson last week. 150 rushing yards, 11 receiving yards, a tug. Shout out to Shaw Watson. He was the running back three. Now, the thing is, the week prior, he got all the carries against the Bucks, and it didn't work, right? We've seen Devin Singletary in Buffalo get a lot of the work, and it doesn't work. So again, this is kind of the classic tale of a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. A broken clock is right twice a day. A blind chicken finds some fucking grain every once in a while, right? So, let's see him do it again. Now, based upon matchup, he should be ranked as like the running back 18. But because he's Devin Singletary, he's stuck here as the running back 25. At number 26, we got Ty Chandler. I don't think Madison will end up playing, but again, we don't really know as of right now. Now, Ty Chandler had 15 rushes for 45 rushing yards and a touchdown last week against the Saints after Madison got hurt. Now, if Madison does come back, I still think Ty Chandler's carved enough of a role into this offense to rank him inside the top 36, but he definitely wouldn't be ranked as the running back 26. The matchup against the Broncos is music to my ears here on Sunday Night Football in Mile High. Again, Jefferson might be back. Dobbs is firing at all cylinders. This is a very fair spot for Chandler. I don't think Chandler's very good. But when you're running back, given as many opportunities as he should get, given Madison misses with the concussion, he should finish in this range. At number 27, we got Najee. 28, we got Jalen Warren going up against the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. Now, I believe before last week's game, or at least recently, the team has named Jalen Warren as the starting running back. Now, while that sounds like fucking rose petals and all sounds so beautiful, doesn't mean anything because they're probably still going to give Najee more carries. I think that Jalen Warren, I say this every week, I probably sound like a broken record e -e -e, at this point, but I really think Jalen Warren's better than Najee. But until the team truly commits to Jalen Warren, I think we have to rank Najee above him. Now, these are both guys that have been balling recently. Two games in a row inside the top 12 for Najee. Three out of the last four games inside the top 13. For Jalen Warren, he's had two games inside of the top 14 in a row. The problem is here, now he goes up against the Browns defense. Again, a game that is like a fucking water pistol, a Nerf gun fight, right? This isn't some Wild West showdown. These are two offenses that are going to be pretty eh, led by two great defenses. So while the Steelers might fuck around and win this game, the Browns can win this game, I don't even want to give a prediction on this one because I don't give a fuck. But what I do care about is fantasy. And both of these guys seem like pretty safe to be top 30 options, but that top 10 performance that we've seen, or the top 20 performance that we've seen over the last couple of weeks, 
probably won't come to fruition due to the matchup. Moving now to the F tier at the running back position, running backs 29 through 33. At number 29, we got Keaton Mitchell. Now, we have gotten some confirmation that it seems like Harbaugh, the one that isn't banned from college football, the other one, wants to give Mitchell more touches. Now, he's been a top 20 running back in back-to-back weeks, and the matchup against the Bengals is great, like Tony the fucking Tiger Frosted Flakes. The problem here, the problem is, do we really believe it, right? Seeing is believing. Shout out to the Polar Express. Guess I'm in a Christmas mood today. It's only the middle of November, but when you go to any store, at least where I live in New Jersey, it, it looks like it's, it's fucking December 20th, right? There's just Christmas trees everywhere. They're, all I want for Christmas is you, is blaring, you know? I saw mom kissing Santa Claus. This is fucking blaring in the store now. I'm not some excessive shopper. I don't shop till I drop, drop, drop to the top. That's bop, bop, bop to the top. Shout out to Sharpay from, <laughs> from High School Musical. But uh, Keaton Mitchell, I like him. He's like Devin A-Chain. He's fast as fuck, boy. Lightning McQueen. But the question is, and I did the tongue thing if you're on podcast because remember the movie... Lightning McQueen stuck his tongue out to get first place. It's like when uh, Ricky Bobby was uh, running with the dude from uh, The Dictator and uh, Borat in that movie. His name is uh, the French guy. I can't remember his name off the top of my head because I'm a dumbass. And, you know, I, I use so many movie references in the videos. I'll, I'll just, some random things will come to the top of my head, pause, that I'll say. And then sometimes I just, his name was like Jacques, maybe. I don't remember. But back to what I was saying Mitchell's a race car, NASCAR fast car that's what the rappers always say i like him but last week he gets this explosive run a huge run and then he only gets two other carries for the rest of the game so again seeing it is believing the upside is immense but there's also some risk here if he doesn't bust off one big run how sure are we that he's even going to be the number two guys in carry when it could easily be Justice Hill? At number 30, we got Kareem Hunt of the Browns going up against the Steelers. Now, like I mentioned with Jerome Ford, this is now five weeks in a row with at least one touchdown because one of those games uh, up against Indian Indianapolis, week seven, he scored two touchdowns. Now, with Jerome Ford F-150 back, the touches have reduced for Kareem Hunt, but he continues to score. Four score and 55 years in the past. I won the Civil War with my beard. Now I'm here to whoop your ass. Uh, epic rap battles history from back in the day. So, look, if he scores, he's going to be fine. If he doesn't score, he's probably going to plummet outside the top 30. So, running back 30 feels all right. At number 31, we got AG Antonio Gibby Son going up against the G Men back to back weeks inside the top 18, sidelined on Wednesday's practice with a toe, something to monitor. Now, Antonio Gibson's a guy that's going to get like. Four to six rushes every week, but where he makes his money is in the receiving game. If he gets five plus targets, he needs to probably catch all of them and go for 40, 50 plus yards and a touchdown to be happy, for you to be happy. And he's done that in back-to-back weeks. Now, he didn't score in back-to-back weeks, but he had decent days. He scored last week against Seattle. Now, I want to see him do it again. Like, I want to see him actually be consistent because he hasn't been this season at all. There's games where he's a nobody. There's games where it's like he's like John Cena. You can't see him. The matchup against the the Giants is great. 
But again, it's it's Antonio Gibson after all. At number 32 and 33, we got the Rams boys, Darrell Henderson Jr., as well as Rolls-Royce Freeman going up against the Seattle Seahawks. I feel like this is basically going to be a dead-even split this week. Now, they're coming out the bye week. The week prior, Royce Freeman just slightly etched him out in touches. Probably going to be like 12 rushes for Henderson, 12 for Freeman, and then you're going to forget about him, forget about it when Kyron Williams returns next week. The matchup against Seattle doesn't really move the needle for me, but I didn't really want to bury him any further because that felt unfair to either of these guys who could score a touchdown. Moving now to the G tier, the G spot, we got running back number 34, Donta Foreman. Now it would appear Khalil Herbert, the pervert, is going to be back. Well, he's not technically a pervert. That's Justin Herbert, but it would appear that Donta Foreman is going to be back limited with an ankle on Wednesday. Herbert back, Foreman there, Roshan also there. Just a recipe for disaster. Now, Foreman was great last week. The recipe of sugar, spice, and everything nice. Found the end zone. Had 80 rushing yards, 12 receiving yards. Very nice. But again, now with a triple-headed running back team, where I think Foreman will get at least a, a slight leaning in terms of snaps, just disgusting. Number 35, Chuba. Now, Chuba's definitely been better than Miles Sanders, but not by much. And now he gets the Cowboys. You got to pray he scores if you got to start him. At number 36, we got Charbonnet. Now, again, he's getting all these snaps, but they're not really turning into anything, right? He's been out snapping him for weeks. He's been out snapping out Thanos. He's been out snapping Walker for weeks. And only last week does it kind of turn into something. Six rushes for 44 yards. Hooray, right? Hip, hip, hooray. Five targets, four receptions, 18 yards. Again, that's not bad, but it's not great. So even with him continuing to outsnap Walker, when will we actually see that turn into something? It's like fucking Luke Musgrave for weeks. The guy's popping on all these advanced analytics. Like if you're a fucking virgin and you read those things like I do. Um, I'm not a virgin though. I've slept with all your mothers. But at the end of the day, that's a joke. Obviously. But, and your mom jokes aren't even probably that funny in years of 2023, but it was kind of unexpected, so maybe it came out of nowhere, like an RKO from Randy Orton, and you thought it was maybe a little bit funny, maybe you thought it was fucking stupid, and you clicked off the video, that's okay as well. But when it comes to Zach Charbonnet, he's a guy that I like. He's a talented player. He's a guy that was drafted in the second round of the 2023 NFL Draft. But until those snaps really turn into something, until there's like real fear that Walker is going to get dethroned, you just got to keep sticking Charbonnet in this range. Thank you guys all so much for watching. If you did end up enjoying, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below, as well as leaving a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. And if you'd like access to my weekly rankings that I posted yesterday, they keep getting updated all the way up through Sunday morning. Make sure you guys check out the Patreon. Link in the video description for $7.50. I also answer any question you guys may have. I try to answer all the comments, but there's a lot. On Patreon, you're guaranteed to get an answer. So I love you guys all so much from deep down in my heart. I hope you guys all have a great one. And as always, check out one of the videos on your screen if you haven't seen them already. Good boy!